Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Today I am kicking off a little message series, a teaching series where we're going to be looking into the Bible on all the things that God has to say about money and generosity and blessing and all sorts of good stuff. There are three people in the room excited about this. Now, I know that teaching on money can be a very sensitive topic. There are some people in the room and you would feel more comfortable if I was talking about sin this morning. Um, there were some people already in the room who as soon as I talked about money, they thought, I knew I shouldn't have come to church today. And you're like nudging the person, I told you we shouldn't go today. So, well, you're stuck now, all right? <laughs> Here we go. Um, Look, I know that um, everyone has a different experience in this area. Some people have had terrible experiences in this year. Um, Deb Butler has this cracker story where her very first experience of church, she comes to faith, she decides she's going to go to church. Her sister says, I will take you to church. She rocks up to this church one day, completely new to this. The senior pastor is away and the treasurer gets in to speak. And the treasurer rips everyone to shreds because of their poor giving. What an experience, hey. The next week she says, okay, I'll give this another go, right? This is off the back of her experience being the church just wants your money, right? She goes to church the next week, it's okay. A different church, obviously. Third week she goes to a different church again and the same thing happens again. So maybe you are like Deb and you've had a bad experience in church when it comes to money. Um, I want you to know today that that is not what our series is about. And there's no guest speakers, all right? The treasurer will not be getting up in the next few weeks. But the truth is that I don't actually feel like we talk enough about money in church Um, Some people avoid it because it is a sensitive topic and I believe that there's actually power that God has blessing that He wants to release as we look at this topic and as we get this right in our hearts. So whether you're here today and you have a little or you have a lot, this is for you. And let me tell you this, that I know it's important to God because did you know there's, there's, there's nearly 500 verses in Scripture on the topic of prayer. There's nearly 500 verses in Scripture on the topic of faith. When it comes to money and possessions, there are over 2,300 verses in Scripture on this subject. That tells me that it's important to God, which means it's important to us. Now, if you have a concept of finances and possessions that this, this is an earthly resource then I am praying we can smash that because God does incredible things through this resource. Not just things for people who have it 
or don't have it, but He does things in us, deep things through money and possessions. So I want you to hear this today. I'm gonna teach on some biblical principles today and keep it very simple, but this is gonna form the foundation for some other things that we're gonna talk about in the coming weeks, um, including practice, how we walk this stuff out. And I really believe this. I believe that if you don't get these principles, that there is a blessing that the Lord has waiting that is limited for you. Now, I am not talking about prosperity. If you're already worried about where He's gonna go with this, there are bigger things than that that the Lord has for you. And that if we don't get these principles, you are limited in what you will receive. On the same hand, if you understand these principles and they become a foundation for you, there is blessing that the Father wants to pour out on you. And it involves His kingdom economy, how He actually does things in the kingdom. Now, who would like the blessing of the Lord? Raise your hand. Amen. All right. So we're going to get into this, but I'm going to pray first. My prayer this morning is that we would have soil to receive whatever seed the Father wants to speak into our lives this morning, that the enemy would be limited in stealing that soil because I understand that this is going to be uncomfortable for some people here. So pray with me this morning. Father, this is your house. This is your word. We believe this is truth as we come to your word this morning. And so I just pray that you will give us ears to hear, that you will find fertile ground to receive your truth this morning. We pray that over everyone in this room. We pray that over all the people who are joining us online right now, wherever you're listening, we're praying that you would receive God's truth this morning. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would be the loudest voice in the room, that we would hear from you, Father, that you would touch hearts. We also pray that you would break down strongholds, Lord, where we have formed opinions and value systems that are not from you. In the power of your Spirit, come and destroy those things so they can be built on a firm foundation. And so we give you this time, we give you this series. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. All right, well, if, if you have your Bible, you can turn uh, very briefly to Genesis 2 with me. I actually just want to set something up here. This is the first concept. This is the big idea that I want you to get this morning. Genesis 2, verse 15. This is what it says. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Anyone who doesn't like work, I am sorry. The Lord has called us into a place of work. But what we see here is that right at the beginning of creation, God gives us a picture of our roles. He is the creator and we are the stewards. And so the first principle I wanna share with you today, this is what we need to get, is that everything that we have belongs to the Lord and we are the stewards. Everything belongs to the Lord. So the psalmist says this, the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I love that scripture because it talks to me about steak. 
He owns all the steak. He's the God of steak, the cattle industry. Even in the New Testament, in reference to the Psalms, Paul says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If we can understand that God is the creator of all, then it almost sounds ridiculous to think that something would belong to me. It all belongs to the Lord. And so I wanna explain to you just this word steward because it's, it's a bit of a churchy word steward that we don't hear much outside of this setting. A steward can be understood as a manager or a supervisor. And in the context of stewardship in the kingdom, you are the supreme authority under the master and you have full responsibility of the master's possessions. So here's the creator, the things are his, but he gives them to hold us in our, to hold in our hands. The call is that we hold on to his things, that we steward his things with open hands. Open hands means he can put more in there. Open hands means we are not holding on to something as if it is ours. This is the posture that God calls us into. Now, last year, uh, I ticked off a bucket dream list when I got to drive a high performance car. And um, are there any car people in the room today? Who's the car people? Okay. Now, I re- I'm not a car guy. So I realise that even this is divisive. We've got V8 people in the room. We've got um, turbo people in the room. We've got high performance people. I'm, I'm not a car guy, so I'm not in that space. Love you, bless you. It's not my thing. But I still remember the day I fell in love. And I was at the uh, petrol station at Parisian Beach when I saw the Maserati drive in and park up and I saw the owner run inside. I paid for my fuel and I came outside as he started up the car and I heard that sound. And then as he drove out, he planted it. And it just, it it was a thing of heaven. (laughs) That is the moment that I fell in love and I said, that is the car for me. (laughs) Amen. And there is little chance I will ever own a vehicle like that. And to be honest, I'm not sure I would really want to. But that is the moment I fell in love. Now, fast forward a few years and I became really good friends with someone that got to kind of put on our journey. It wasn't until, I promise you, it wasn't until I'd known him for a while that I found out he owns a Maserati. All right? I didn't become friends with him because he owned, I can, it's, he may even be listening this morning. I promise you, brother, I didn't know. All right? I find out this guy owns a Maserati, the Maserati that I dream of, right? Uh, The Maserati that I dream of, it's called a Maserati Gran Turismo. I've got a photo for you just so you can see. And maybe you'll fall in love this morning. There it is. Is that not a thing of beauty? If only you could hear it also. Now fast forward to last year, right? My mate calls me up one day, he says, Dan, I've got to move my car from Brisbane up north. The cheapest way to do that is going to be to drive it. Are you up for a road trip? 
I'm like, well, let me think, mate. (laughs) Seems that I'm free. (laughs) Then he says to me, I'm gonna need your driver's license information to put on the insurance so that you can drive the vehicle. I'm getting butterflies just thinking about it now. (laughs) And I'm like, what, you want me to drive? He goes, yeah, yeah, we'll share the driving on the way up. I'm like, sounds good, man. So the day comes, he comes and picks me up and he throws me the, the keys and I get to drive this vehicle. Now this vehicle, right, I have a Camry, high performance vehicle. <laughs> so I know how to drive these things. <laughs> the Maserati has what I would call Camry mode, okay? It's the daily driver mode. Very similar vehicles when it's in that mode. But it also has high performance mode. You push a button on the dash and it changes from a lamb into a lion. Is that heretical, that example? Lord, forgive me if it is. This thing changes into a beast. So the suspension changes, the exhaust system changes, the engine performance changes, it comes to life, right? Now, do you think I was gonna drive this thing in Camry mode? No way. So I drove this car for four hours in performance mode and man, it was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> and where am I going with this? When I, that's it, that's it. <laughs> Just wanted to tell you about that. If you are listening again, brother, I look forward to the next time. Yep. Not for a second did I ever feel like I owned that vehicle. Can I just tell you that? I felt great sitting in the front seat, but I never felt like I owned that vehicle. I knew that when I was driving that vehicle, I was a steward of that vehicle. And to be honest, I drove that vehicle so carefully. I did not want anything to happen to it, not just because I can't afford to fix it, but because I know what it means to my friend who was sitting next to me and I wanted to honour him in the way that I treated his vehicle. The things that the Father gives to us are not ours to own, they are ours to steward. And He calls us to do that with a heart and an attitude that will be obedient and honour Him. And there are some people in the room, the Father has given you much, and you've got great responsibility. There are some of you and you're feeling like, well, the Father hasn't given me too much. You still have responsibility. Do not switch off for a second because there are kingdom principles at work where we see many times in the Scripture that those who are entrusted with little, the Father will entrust with more. And so if you're saying, hey, I'm one of the little, maybe there's an upgrade coming. I can tell you that. Um, When you get this style of thinking, everything changes. Now, I realise right now there are some people and this is actually messing with you because you have this churning inside of you that says, I have earned everything I have. I have worked hard for everything I have. I have control over everything that I have. And this principle is going to challenge you to the core. The enemy does not want us to think this way. The enemy loves it when we think we are the owners. The enemy loves it when we live entitled. 
The enemy loves it when we find our identity in these things. But God's blessing comes when we understand that He is the Master, He is the Lord, and we are the stewards. I love this example. I was reading about this actually. And uh, there's this story about a gentleman who was very wealthy. He'd done very well for himself. He'd worked very hard. He came from a family of hard workers. And this message of God being the owner and him being the steward was a new message in his life that he was embracing and trying to walk out. And the day came where he went and picked up his brand new car, beautiful vehicle. He goes and picks it up. Within five minutes, someone crashed right into the side of his car. And he realised what was going on and he got out of his car and he looked at the dent in the side of his car and he said, Lord, I have no idea why why you want a dent like that in the side of your car, (laughs) but there it is. When we learn to think this way, everything changes. Is anyone with me this morning? If you've got a dent in your car today that drives you nuts, give it to the Lord. Now the Scriptures are full of God's instructions on how to be good stewards. And one of the responsibilities that we have as stewards is to be faithful with what the Father gives us. And so the second principle I want you to hear today is that we are called to be faithful stewards of everything that God gives to us. Now, this principle is not limited to money and possessions. This is actually a principle that applies to all areas of our life where God puts us as stewards. So this is your spouse. This is your marriage. This is your family. If you have children, this can be areas in your life where God has placed you as leader or influence. It does not get limited to money and possessions. But obviously... We're looking at it in that context. God has called us to be stewards. Now, I realise there are some people and this message today is coming to you in a season where you are feeling like there is not enough. Uh, Maybe you're unemployed at the moment. You don't see a way out of that. Maybe you have struggled in this area your whole life where you felt like there has been never been enough. Maybe you've come from a family that you were raised where there never was enough. And so you may feel like, hey, this message doesn't actually apply to me because I have nothing to steward. There's negative, there is lack. And I want you to hear this this morning because there are some amazing examples in Scripture. In Matthew 25, we find this parable that Jesus gives of the three servants. And I want you to see this, that the master had the same expectations of the servant that was given five bags of silver as he had on the servant that was given one bag of silver. And so you might say, well, I'm the one bag of silver person. This is what the Lord has given me. And the Father expects the same stewardship, the same level of faithfulness of you as He does of those who have been given five bags of silver. Are you with me here? There's a saying from Hudson Taylor, famous missionary. He says, small things are small things, but faithfulness with a small thing is a big thing. And this is kingdom economy. 
where the Lord takes small things and He does big things with small things in our faithfulness to Him. And so whether you are small, whether you are a one bag of silver, whether you have a little, whether you're rich in the eyes of the world, I think that's all been blown to smithereens. Now we've got Elon Musk. What does rich even look like anymore? If you're somewhere in between, that's all of us. We have a responsibility to steward what the Lord gives to us. So we're going to unpack this practically more next week, as I said, but I want to show you a couple of things that are really important today. And the first one is this. Our stewardship is actually a test. It is a faithfulness test for us. In Matthew 6, as Jesus speaks on this, He says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. So I wonder where are the desires of your heart? If we were to examine our bank accounts, our transaction history, it reveals a lot about the priorities in our life. How we steward what God gives us is a test. It's also connected to spiritual maturity. So as I said earlier, if you have disconnected the two and you see money, finances, possessions as an earthly resource, we need to scrap that. The Scriptures teach us that it is actually deeply connected to spiritual things. In Luke 16, there's this very interesting parable about the shrewd manager. And it's about a manager who was wasting his employer's money. And in the teaching, as Jesus explains it, this is what he says. He says, if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And so the true riches of heaven are the things that God values in His kingdom. They're the things that we want to be entrusted with. They are the eternal, lasting things. They are the things of true value. And there is this connection with how we steward earthly riches with the things of the kingdom and our spiritual growth. Now, interestingly, this area of money and possessions is the only area in Scripture where we are invited to test God. This is what it says in Malachi 3. He said, God says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. This is kingdom economy. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. If the Lord owns everything and on top of that, He has a bucket that doesn't run out, I want you to hear this. There is more where that came from. As He gives out, our tendency might be to hold on, but there is more where that came from. This is the Lord's economy. And He calls us into this place of faithfulness where He literally says, as you obey me, test me and see what I will do. Now, I want to live 
in a place where the windows of heaven are open for me. And it's not about Maseratis. It's about being a part of what God is doing. Windows of heaven open over every one of us. This is the blessing. We wanna be a part of this, what God is doing. But it means that we must release control. That we actually have to trust God with this. That we have to be faithful in what He's called us to. Second thing is this, we need to be careful with the position that money and possessions have in our life. In Matthew 6, as Jesus is speaking about money and possessions, He says this, I want you to see this too. He's just been speaking about prayer and fasting, okay? Very spiritual things. Many of you would be fasting today. I understand that. But that was tongue in cheek, I'm sorry. I, I'm, not, I, I'm terrible at fasting, so there's no judgment on that. He's just been speaking about things that we would say are spiritual things and then he moves on to money and possessions. So it would be fair to say there is a connection, all right? He hasn't just picked some random thing. He's not talking about butterflies and tigers, okay? He moves on from prayer and fasting to money and possessions and he says this, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. And then he's, he puts this very simply, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So where we put, where we position money and possessions in our life is a very important thing. They can very easily become a counterfeit God. It can be somewhere where we find identity. It can be somewhere where we look to for success. It can be somewhere where we find independence. It can be somewhere where we find security, where we can look after ourselves. It can be where we find significance where we feel like we've made it, we've done well, we're somebody because we have those things. For some people, it's where they find power is in money. But all of these things are resources that the Father wants us to go to Him to receive. He wants us to find our significance in Him. He wants us to be faithful to Him. He wants us to find our identity in Him. Money and possessions become a counterfeit God where we go rather than going to the one true God. Are you with me? Being a, pro, being a follower of Jesus is a process of surrender. And that surrender looks different for all sorts of things for every person in this room. In Luke 14, Jesus says this, as He's talking about the cost of being a disciple, He says, you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything that you own. Everything gets surrendered to the Lord. As followers of Jesus, when we come to Him as Lord, everything must be surrendered to Him. Now, I would say that money and possessions are one of the greatest things that we wanna hold on to. And we say, well, Father, you can have everything else but that, right? But Jesus calls us to give up everything. 
And I have learnt this from experience that often the things that we might love the most, the Father will ask us to give up. I remember sitting on the beach one day and I had this beautiful surfboard. And I was sitting there and just had an amazing surf and my board was next to me. And I was like, thank you, Lord, for this day. And he said, Dan, would you be prepared just to give away your surfboard right now? And I was like, Lord, this is a good surfboard. You don't understand. <laughs> and I said, are you asking me to give it away? There's people walking along the beach and I'm picturing me just, hey, I've got a surfboard for you. He says, no, I'm not. But I'm just asking where your heart is on this matter. And man, that stuck with me. There are times where the Lord asks us to give away what we've loved the most. This is how he builds us up and tests us. Now the enemy would love us to be disobedient to God by holding on to things that he's told us to release. The enemy would love you to hold back your stewardship, your faithfulness, because you have a fear of losing your security or losing control. The enemy would love to limit the blessing that you can receive from the Father by releasing everything to Him and living in peace in this area. The enemy would love to intimidate people into thinking that God cannot do what is needed in this area of their life and cause them to shut down. But our calling is to be faithful stewards. We need to actually take this principle and get it so deep in our lives. And when we do, I can promise you everything changes. It is not just the area of finances in your life that will be affected. Your marriage will be affected. Your relationships will be affected. What you do every day will be affected as you put this principle in place in your life. I'm going to get the team up and I'm going to just wrap up with this little story. It goes back to the 12th century when the Crusades were being fought. And the Crusaders would actually employ mercenaries to come and fight with them. But because it was a religious battle, they would actually make them get baptised first. Didn't matter what they believed, just have them baptised. All right? And what they would actually do, the mercenaries, as they were being baptised, they would hold their swords out of the water as they went under the water to symbolise that their sword was the one thing in their life that God did not have control over. Isn't that interesting? Now that needs to challenge us in some ways. As people who go under the water, are there things that we hold above the water because we want to maintain control over those things in our life? I wonder this morning if Holy Spirit would just speak to you ever so gently now, if there are things in your life that you have held above the water and you've said, Father, you can have everything in my life, wash it clean, but this area I am holding above, it is not for you. It is not for you to have control over. Can we just welcome the Holy Spirit to speak on these things even right now? That God will point this out.
Back in our first year of marriage, uh, Liz and I did this course called the Crown Financial Course. And uh, one of the first things they taught us in this course is that everything belongs to the Lord. And they took us through this activity where uh, we actually signed this pretend deed, just like this. And it says, transfer of ownership. If we're gonna get technical, it's not ours in the first place, but it's a process of understanding. It says, I hereby transfer full ownership to the Lord of the following possessions. And we went through this activity where we actually looked at the things in our life and we wrote these things down and we signed them over to the Lord. I wanna give you that opportunity just to do that today. And it might sound like a silly thing. It's a pretty cheesy certificate. But for Liz and I, it was deeply, deeply impacting to go through this. I've spoken to many people who have actually done this in different ways. I've spoken to business owners who have signed their business over to the Lord just to surrender it to Him. And today there may be things in your life that you say, I wanna sign these things over to the Lord. Now, these are not legal documents. You don't have to worry about us getting our hands on these things. In this next song down the front here on these tables at the side of the room are more of these certificates. And I wanna invite you today, just as we're singing, worshipping, to say, God, what does this look like for me? And it might be simple for you. You might come down today and just say everything. I hereby transfer full ownership to the Lord of everything I have. That might be you here today. But I wanna give you this opportunity to come today and then you keep this. Take this, put it in your Bible, put it somewhere where you'll be reminded. And I can promise you that as we engage with this way of thinking, this kingdom principle, the story about someone running into your car will become true for you. The story about this incredible act of generosity that the Holy Spirit prompts you to do, you will understand then that Father, you're not calling me to give what is mine, you're calling me to do something with what is yours anyway. And what a privilege and an honour it would be to do that as a steward. So can I invite you to jump on your feet? And I'm just gonna pray. And then we're gonna sing this song. The team are gonna lead us in this song. And so I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, we just wanna come in a posture of surrender this morning. We just receive Your Word, Your truth, Lord. And we ask You, what you require of us this morning. So come Holy Spirit. We pray that this would be significant. We pray that things shift, Lord. We pray that strongholds break, Father. We pray that things are planted deep in our heart. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.